Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. This is the second hour of Oilers Now. It is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex, who wish you and yours all the best during these challenging and uncertain times. Digitex is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. It is 106 in Edmonton. Guests on the show receive certificates to Japanese Village. Now open for takeout orders. Full details at jvedmonton.ca Edmonton owned and operated. Momentarily, we'll uh, re-engage Mark Spector in the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, but at this time, Brendan Escott's going to bring us a couple texts on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Ashley Fine Floors providing winning results for over 35 years. We were asking, did anybody have a problem with Leon Dry Settle buying himself a little bit of space last night, uh, bringing the stick up. Took a penalty as a result, but uh, it was a hard-fought game. Here's Brendan. Yeah, and uh, Texter says that Anderson was at least 15 feet away from dry after the puck left his stick, yet Anderson finishes the check. He was clearly interfering with Dreisaitl, and yet uh, Dreisaitl gets the only penalty. Uh, Cold Lake Curtis says uh, Mr. Bear lit it uh, lit the bench up last night. He's going to get on a roll here. Uh, and Bob from Red Deer humorously saying, we've all had those nightmares where we find ourselves in public wearing nothing but our underwear or, or you can't run away or try and run away but can't. NHL defensemen have similar nightmares, but it starts with McDavid picking up the puck on his own blue line with lots of open ice in front of him. Again, that's uh, from Bob and Red Deer. So some humorous contributions here. The best one for me was when Brent Seabrook, the Oilers were playing the Hawks and McDavid got the puck at his own blue line and Seabrook was at the center ice line and instead of pivoting uh, you know, and, and doing uh, backwards crossovers, he just turned straight around and raced as fast as he could back to the front of the net. That was uh, there's an experienced defenseman that knew what to do. Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing. Alberta, the horses remain in training. They continue receiving the utmost in care. Stay safe, and we'll see you at the races when it's safe to do so. All right, Spec. So uh, we want to talk a bit about development and then a development in soccer. Prospect development. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers, uh, we've seen uh, Ethan Baird, Caleb Jones spend some time with uh, Dave Manson down on the farm. Uh, last year, Evan Bouchard, uh, I had multiple neutral base sources. A lot of Western scouts tell me that Bouchard was the best defenseman in the Pacific Division the last half of the year. Only because of how COVID has affected things this year has Bouchard been in the situation that he is. You and me both know he's going to be on the team full-time next season. And now we see a guy like Ryan McLeod get recalled. Um, I believe in a meritocracy uh, spec. You know that merit is what should get guys places uh, in every walk of life. And all Ryan McLeod has done over his last 23 games 14 goals. He's third in the American Hockey League in goals. He's fifth in points of 28. He's got that all in the last 23 games. He leads the AHL in plus minus, a plus 23, plus 25 in the last 23 games. And he's 54% in the faceoff circle. Are we seeing a different Oilers organization? When you see a guy like McLeod, second round pick, 40th overall, some teams didn't like him. I'm told the Oilers had him ranked somewhere between 18 to 20 uh, on their draft board in 2018. Uh, and I, hey, we haven't seen him play a second yet in the NHL. But the reality is, 
he looks, based on what I've seen, and I've seen a lot of his games in the AHL this year, he looks like a guy that might be able to contribute at the NHL level and has a chance to be a third-line center down the road. Your thoughts, your floor. Well, listen, it, to me it becomes it becomes cyclical. Like, when you're not a good team, as the orders were for a long time, you draft really high. And then you draft some young stud, and you look at the guy, and you go, well, you know, he might not be ready, but, heck, he's better than anything we've got. You know, he comes to camp, and, and he's he's not ready, and he needs some more time in the AHL or even in junior. But you say, well, our current lineup isn't very good, and this guy can make our team better, no problem. And you end up putting the player in. He's not supported well by enough good teammates, and we've watched this movie over and over and over. Ryan McLeod's one of the guys that – that has joined the Edmonton Oilers at a time when they're harder to make now, Bob, right? You can send him to the minors and go, no, he can't help us yet. And you can patiently wait and let the player develop. And Ken Holland being that old AHL player and the guy that really believes in that league, he's the one that says all the time, he says, you got to master the AHL before I bring you up. I don't want to bring you up or send you down and bring you up or send you down. I want you down there long enough so that I bring you up once. That's what Ken Holland's trying to do here. And Ryan McLeod, let's, you know, I haven't seen him play up here. No one has. So it's not a complete picture yet. But I suspect that they've got a player here that they're going to be able to bring up once. Well, the big thing for him is he can skate and he's not small. And the question always was, can he get in the guts of the game? He was uh, one of the top penalty killers in the AHL. As you know, he can fly. Like he, Mark, uh, we didn't. Jack and me did the game, the split squad game in 2018. Uh, Jack and me did the game in Edmonton. The highlights out of Calgary. McLeod was the best player on the ice. Made two or three terrific players. A 180 foot stretch pass to Yamamoto on a breakaway from behind his own goal. He looped back in as a center. Uh, we went into Winnipeg later that year, and the fans in Winnipeg know hockey, and they're like. Who the hell is that? Like, you can hear people sitting there like, whoa, that guy's fast. And, you know, they took their time with him, and he put up okay numbers, not great numbers. They moved him to center full-time this year. He's an exciting prospect. Like, him and Bouchard, for me, will be here from day one next year. Benson, because, and I'm not sure Benson gets past Seattle. I wonder whether or not that might be the play for uh, Seattle. because, And maybe the owners have to consider protecting. I, I don't know. Uh, I'd say the foot speed might be a bit of a concern there. But I do think Benson, if if he gets through uh, expansion, I think yeah. he'll be here at the start because they're going to have to put him on waivers. And I think somebody would claim him based on what he's achieved in the minors to this point. Uh, and, and he pro- like in the short term, to me, McLeod, once he gets in against Winnipeg, probably Wednesday next week, probably needs six or seven games in a row. you got to give him a chance to play to see what Oh, for do. sure. Right? And uh, see if he can give him a chance, or give him a chance to be that player that, that helps yeah. you in the playoffs. He's right. not going to help you in the playoffs if the playoffs are his first game. Give him a chance. Give him six games. And if at the end of the six games you say, okay, he's not ready, then he's not ready. That's fine. But you got to test them out in the regular season before you play them in the postseason. And I, you know, I do think they're saving. They've used two of their four recalls now. I think they're saving a spot for Bouchard at some stretch to maybe, you know, give, depending upon where they're at in the standings, uh, potentially trying to get them in the mix. So I, I've got McLeod and Bouchard on the team next year. Holloway signed. 
Uh, he's going to have a chance to make it. He might start next season in the AHL just yep. to get that time in as a pro just because they might have Benson here, and ultimately those two guys might be competing. for. And then there's one more guy I want to bring up, and that's Philip Roberg. Mark, he played four minutes yesterday as a seventh defenseman for Sheleftia in game six of their series against Lulia. They are just uh, closing out uh, that series. It's gone to the seventh game, and Sheleftia is up 3-1 in the final minute of the game. So uh, Sheleftia is going to advance to the, to the uh, uh, second round of the uh, Swedish Hockey League playoffs. Uh, Broberg was never going to go to Bakersfield. He was initially, but the U.S. has a very restrictive uh, immigration policy with Sweden right now. And it was going to take uh, it, it for for uh, for Swedes, not for you know like camps in America that came back from Sweden into the U.S. He had no problem getting back in, but for Swedes, there's there's an immigration issue going on. He'll probably be in Edmonton at the end of the year. He's not going to play, we know that, but he's probably going to be around the team. He's another guy that's an exciting prospect that's probably starting next year in the minors. Mark. Oh, well, he should. Right? What's, is Broberg twenty yet? No. Yeah, it's still 19. So, you know, uh, listen, no one's seen more closely the benefits of leaving defensemen in Sweden for a, an extra year than Ken Holland, right? He made a living on that in Detroit. So it's been a perfect setup. He, the Broberg's stayed at home. He's played his 18-year-old, his 19-year-old season in the professional leagues in, Sw- in Sweden, and now he's done there. He's clearly, you know, the, the word we're getting out of Sweden is he's actually playing less and less, and he's not progressed a ton this year bob is what i hear the coach so, is trying the coach is trying to win too right that's what happens coach that's, is trying to win, and right? it's not yeah. about it's not about his development it's about the coach winning it's different at the hl level where it is about the owner's prospect yeah. player's development yeah it's time now to get this player under your control he's had some time there now he's going to be a 20 year old player in next season it's time to bring him over here and get him under oilers control play them as much as you see fit playing them and start the the path and the path doesn't only for the you know for for very few players does the path go from the swedish elite league right to the nhl right yeah, no. it doesn't do that it goes through bakersfield and that's where broberg will go and it's just like mcleod mcleod really found something this year he he took a huge stride this season in bakersfield give broberg a chance to have that same stride and when he does arrive and it is his time let's have him arrive here with a ton of confidence not geez i hope i can do this yeah. Uh, by the way, Eric Ingles reporting from Sportsnet. Carey Price is in concussion protocol out at least a week, according to Dominic Ducharme. Obviously, the Canadians will have to uh, play uh, Jake Allen, who, as you mentioned, is a pretty good uh, backup uh, tomorrow against the Edmonton Oilers. Bob Stoffer and Mark Spector with you. All right, Sportsnet spec. Now we're going to talk about one of your favorite sports on the planet, soccer. Mm-hmm. As you know, with age, I've become a bigger fan of international top-flight soccer and European soccer. Uh, I certainly don't profess to know the South American game the way a guy like uh, Derek Van Deest would, or the game overall uh, the way Steven Sandor did, who, who we've had on the show a few times. This or Gene super- Principe, a noted local soccer referee. Uh, all, all Gene's got on me is Italian soccer. 
and that's because I, I, don't, I don't like the way. I'm still upset how Italy won in 2006. You chirp one of the best players in the world about a sister. Come on, man. Really? That's how you got to win? Come on. You got to be better than that. I'm going to upset all the Italians out there. I'm still mad they beat Brazil back in 82, Spec, when Brazil had one of the most electrifying teams of all time. But let me tell you, let me tell you, Paulo Rossi went from being a zero to being a hero in Italy in a hurry back in 1982. Soccer could do that to you. For the listeners that are unaware, 12 major international sides, including the likes of Real Madrid, Barcelona, uh, Manchester United, three of the 10 wealthiest sports franchises on the planet, have committed to a Super League, which would undermine the context of the UEFA, where uh, they grab, generally speaking, the top three teams in each of the respective domestic leagues. I think top four in the case of uh, England, just because the EPL is so strong. though it doesn't necessarily always have the best teams. There has been major blowback from the fans on this because it guarantees 15 of the 20 teams in the Super League are in the Super League every year. They don't have to play your way in. And it sort of takes away from the spirit of the sport, whereas in the case of the Champions League, you actually have to earn your way in. Like Liverpool this year... Even though they won Champions League two years ago, if they're not top four, if they don't finish top four um, on the table over in the EPL this year, in the Premier League, they will not qualify for a Champions League. They'll have to play in the second league. and I, I, What's that, the Europa League or whatever it's called? Anyhow, I digress. Mark, is this something that flies in the spirit of... Uh, of, of European uh, football, and is it happening in, in some cases because of rogue owners of some of these teams like Manchester City, which has a highly uh, profiled rich ownership with deep, deep pockets, as well as uh, Man United and uh, teams of that ilk, uh, Real Madrid, Barcelona's Barcelona and Liverpool a little bit more like spec because they have a heavy engagement with their fans, as you know. Liverpool and more local, more local ownership, right? Yes. Like yeah. owned by, yeah, you know, by the people that live and, and work and are from the same country. They're, in English soccer, I know that the Russians own a couple of the big teams, right? They own, I, I think Abramovich, if I'm not mistaken, still has yeah. Chelsea. Chelsea uh, and there, I believe there's Middle Eastern ownership of uh, Manchester City. Yes. I, so, I think you're right. So, I mean, the, the difference, you know, let's equate this to what this show's about. Like, try to make an equation here to the NHL. The, the difference is there's so many teams in Europe and at so many levels, right? There's, you know, they, they, there's always that story of the team that comes up from the third division and makes it into, you know, a major tournament and gets to play one of the huge teams like Manchester or Liverpool or Chelsea. Uh, that doesn't exist here, right? We don't have that in North America. So it's harder to relate, I think, for us. But I guess I would say to you, Bob, if, you know, what they're basically telling you is we're going to set up our own playoffs and we're going to stock it with all the biggest teams. Whether Not and, playoffs, regular season. Well, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like the champions. Basically, the, a new version of Champions League. Is that right. what they're doing? Yes, right. something along so that line. Something along that line. Let's equate it to the play. What if they decided here that, you know, it's so good for TV that we're just going to say that every year the Leafs, the Rangers, Philly, Pittsburgh, Boston – uh, Vancouver uh, and the LA Kings all get to make playoffs because they're all the big and the Montreal Canadiens they're all big teams big cities they're all in 
And now there's like six spots for the rest of you guys to fight over. Well, how would we think about that? How would we feel on Edmonton's end of that? If you're in Toronto, you'd say, yeah, you know what? We're a big city. We, we don't care. It's like the, it's kind of like Toronto wanting an NFL team and not caring about the CFL. It would work in the big cities, but in Europe, there's a lot of smaller, you know, secondary teams that aren't Chelsea, that aren't Man U. And they're getting the short end of the stick on this one, Bob, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Now, we should say that there's laws and torts in place with the major four professional sports in North America that would supersede the runaway ability of, let's just say, Seska, CSKA, Moscow, uh, and for the sake of argument, you know, the top team in Sweden and the top team in, in HIFK, Helsinki, or whatever, joining with, with 10 NHL teams and boxing. That is not, you know, that would not be allowed because of the actual rules that are in place for the National Hockey League. But in soccer's case, this is a big, and it's, spec, it's being underwritten by Morgan Stanley. It's a $4.6 billion investment. Mm-hmm. So, so there are... But now, hasn't Chelsea, isn't there a rumor already that Chelsea's looking to pull out of this thing? Well, I wonder whether or not the liver... Like, for the listeners that, that are... Today. And I know we got lots of listeners that know sports. I mean, if you're engaged in this show, you know sports. And you know that and Liverpool... And they know a lot more about football than I do, I can tell you that. Right, and Liverpool's gone through... Liverpool has an incredibly passionate fan base, and they went through uh, two of the worst sporting tragedies of all time. Uh, one in 85 and another one in 89. So... Uh, though the fans in Juventus might kind of look to Liverpool as being responsible largely for what happened in 85. Certainly no one looks at Liverpool being responsible in 89. But it changed the complexion spec of, uh, of at that time. Uh, England ended up getting, as a result of what happened in 1985, England who dominated the champion, what was the, the forerunner to Champions League at that time, from 78 to 85, they had the dominant teams. They were out. They were booted out after the Heistel tra- uh, disaster, the tragedy in 85, which shows you the power that UEFA had at that stage, they just kicked him. I think Thatcher was involved in that as well, if I'm not mistaken. So this is this is real interesting stuff, Mark. I, well, I, isn't there a bit of FIFA versus UEFA in this thing? Well, it's, it's UEFA versus Super League, definitely. And and FIFA, don't even get me started with them. I mean... Has FIFA not weighed into this? I was under the impression that they well, were saying that if you go play in this, you can't play in our sanction. Well, there there you go. So you can't represent your country in things like the World Ooh. Cup and the, and the Euro. So this, you know, this... This is going go over. not very well for the players, but I mean, I look to a, a, <laughs> I, I look to a program like Jurgen Klopp is considered one of the best managers in the world. With Liverpool, has basically said it's you know this is in theory against the spirit of the rule of sport, and I think he's on to something. This guy is one of the best managers and coaches of any level anywhere on the planet. So it's really well, an interesting story. It's the extension of what we know, Bob, and what we know is big league professional sports all about money, right? It's yeah. all about money. Uh, European football is light years ahead of uh, North American sport when it comes to, you know, they were the ones that invented having not just a third jersey, Bob, but every single event they go to, they create a new jersey. So the fans want to, who want to be up to date have to buy a new jersey, right? Yeah. That yeah. all came from Europe, man. We're on to third jerseys here. They're on to sixth, seventh, and eighth jerseys there. Yeah, Paul, uh, Paul, Paul Media just passing along a note here, just saying they're, you know, Liverpool owned by Fenway Sports out of Boston, the Red Sox owners. But the fans, but the, but the, like, there was protesting outside their stadium yesterday saying, what the hell right. are you guys doing? 
Like this is, it, you know, so it's this, this it's a is this. different. Like Daryl Cates comes from Edmonton, and I get it. He's, you know, he's like all business people and pro sports owners. He wants to make a buck, and I don't blame him for it one bit. But he has to answer to the town that he was born and raised in, and he's got companies here. He's got business interests here. Fenway owning, you know, people in Boston owning Liverpool, do they have the interests of the average Lilliputian or whatever you call them at heart? Right? Do they really care what that Liverpool fan's thinking that much? I'm not so sure they do. That's a very interesting point. SPAC, uh, let's do something together on Friday, okay? Sounds good, Bobby. That's Mark Specker, Sportsnet Spec for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. When we come back on Oilers Now, we'll get to the Oilers Now injury report. Bit of an update from Oilers head coach Dave Tippett. That is for James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. And uh, we'll also do our Oilers Now prospect report brought to you by Scott Arthur Millwork and Cabinetry. This is Oilers Now. Hi, this is Jujar Kara from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. 128 in Edmonton, straight into the Oilers Now Injury Report, brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. James H. Brown, every time the Oilers score, donates $100 to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. And with the latest injury updates just in from Dave Tippett, here's Brendan Escott. Now, well, Coach Tippett saying that he did speak with uh, Jujar Kara today, said the, uh, the forward in high spirits, feeling good, and we'll have uh, some more tests tomorrow morning, it sounds like, but I would suspect he'll probably miss at least tomorrow's game. Uh, Tippett adding that uh, Nugent Hopkins had a good skate today, will be assessed in the morning. He does have a chance to be cleared to play tomorrow night. And uh, we know for sure Carey Price uh, left last night's game, Bob, with an upper body injury now, uh, did not return. It's not related, obviously, to that uh, his lower body injury that forced him out of six games earlier in April. Canadians uh, head coach Dom Ducharme has said that uh, uh, Price will be out a week uh, due to uh, the, the headshot he took on sort of a gliding into him was the Edmonton Oilers' Alex Chase on To the Oilers now, Prospect Report brought to you by Scott Arthur Millwork and Cabinetry. A legacy of excellence. Make your new dream home or custom renovation a reality. Visit scottarthurmillwork.com today. Yesterday, TSN's Bob McKenzie, uh, he basically sources out 10 or 12 of the top scouts in the National Hockey League. His rankings came out. Tied at second, the Edmonton Oil Kings, Dylan Gunther, off to the upcoming IIHF U18 Championships. 12 goals, 24 points this season in 12 games, plus 19, 24% shooting percentage, elite-level finisher. At 14, goaltender Sebastian Kosa, six foot six from the Edmonton Oil Kings out of Fort McMurray, Alberta. His record this year, 12-0-1, a 1.61 goals against average and a 9.39 save percentage. There has not been a goaltender out of Canada going the first round of the draft since Malcolm Subban back in 2012. McKenzie had Kosa ranked 14th for this upcoming draft. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell and back with Alan May, longtime Washington Capitals player and broadcaster. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.